Hello and welcome to episode 993 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, December 14th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm well. How about you? I'm doing all right. Just enjoying another beautiful cold day in Northern <laughs> California. Those were contradictory terms, so uh, don't know what you're talking about. And when it's been pouring nonstop for three days, uh, and you you wake up and it's sun shining, uh, before you'll, you'll trade you'll trade the cold for the reprieve from the rain. You're saying? Yeah, for a little bit. Uh, we've been getting hit with some sort of I can't remember what the name of it is like some massive winter storm. It's similar to the one that hit uh, when I was trying to come back from Austin. Oh uh, my God! Yeah, that was. Brutal. Uh, and this one is supposed to be worse, and we're supposed to be getting it with the next part of it. I think later today or tomorrow. So I'm just enjoying. Uh, you know, every time I was walking to my office, it was like I, I was walking through a river. Um, <laughs> my like no joke, like water up to my ankles. So oh my god, uh, it was that crazy? Yeah, just all coming at once, and like we need the rain, but yeah, also. Like- you know, when you've had fire areas and then it rains, you get mm-hmm. mudslides, which is not. Yep. Good. Yeah, we we both live in places in in California for you, Texas for me, that always need the rain, but it doesn't always come in a uh, you know in a in a normal manner either. It's like, hey, no rain for you know months upon months, and then all of the rain ever. It's like, okay, you maybe could have spaced that out a little bit. Um, well, Justin, I am a gargantuan liar uh i was operating in a world where we had gone over all your rankings which was not true and i think i felt like we were at the end because it was outfield and you know sometimes the order you go in outfield can be at the end or at least toward the end that i knew we'd, we'd talk to pitchers anyway we still got things to talk about uh and i haven't posted mine yet which is the big thing that i'm a, a liar about but i already have one in the queue for today tuesday the 14th should have three of them up by the end of the week minimum. Uh, and then you can start grilling me. But we're going to talk about your second baseman here, which, you know, indirectly we also talk about my rankings because when I bring up somebody, it's because I have a, a much different ranking than you, and I'm curious where you're at. So we've got some second baseman to talk about, including, spoiler alert, Nick Solak, who's actually a second baseman. Remember, I tried to roast yes. you in the outfield. And, this is true. And, and you were just... You were swatting me away, and I was like, this arrogant piece of garbage. And then it turned out you dropped the hammer on me that he didn't qualify in the outfield, and I was the biggest idiot ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, your arrogance was earned, and I Just had to, I had I to eat it. he's not eligible at second base. That is not true. Oh. I, I am fully aware. You've done your that. research this time. Yep, 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 yep. This time around, you're not fooling old Pauly. I'm ready to go. Uh, but we will get to him later. He is down in your rankings, and that's part of part of my question, of course. We'll start up at the top. Not the very top. Your your number one guy is Trey Turner. Obviously, I have no qualms about that. You and I are both very open to taking him at the number one overall spot. So, of course, he will take the uh, the top second base spot. And then Albies we agree on. Marcus Semyon we agree on. Uh, you've got Whit Merrifield next. I have, uh, I, I have Whit Merrifield sixth. I have Altuve next. You have Altuve six. So we're kind of flip-flop there. The guy that you have at five is Javier Baez. And that is five spots higher than I have him. Whoa. Yes. Yes. And this actually includes a couple spot jump 
after he signed. I had him lower. And huh. I'll tell you, uh, I did move him up because, you know, kind of like the market, we talk about this, when someone gets signed, you got more confidence in, in their season. Obviously, we knew he'd be signed. We, wouldn't have, we didn't have any questions about that. Um, so, you know, I moved him up uh, on on just being signed and everything, and it was just a couple spots. The reason I'm so much lower on Baez, though, is I'm concerned about this park. Uh, obviously, you know, I am a Tigers fan, so I've watched uh, many homers go to die in, in, in all over that park, and different players not have much fun hitting there. Nicholas Castellanos was pretty vocal about it. Uh, you know, there are spots to hit homers. But there are definitely spots where they're going to get eaten up, center field being a big one. And I just have some concerns. And I think the, another thing that really influences my ranking is he finished eight last year. And I, if I think he's going to be a little bit worse, I got Baez down a little bit further at 10. You've got him going up. I'm curious what you're seeing for Baez that can, that can push him up three spots off of what he did this year. And part of that might just be, you know, the people around him at second base. But it's still a, it would still be a three-spot move. He went 31-87-18 with 80 runs, hit 265, but did have 184 strikeouts, which led the National League. What do you see in uh, what do you see in Baez that can help him be better this year? Not necessarily be better, but I mean, I think you're just going to get a lot of home runs and a lot of stolen bases. And maybe I'm not waiting the park move enough. Uh, and I can't remember if I've updated since the park move. I can't remember exactly. I, I think I clicked, I, I clicked the most recent ones for your second base. Yeah. Um, so I, by I the way, I need to update it and maybe I need to drop him a few spots, but, and I mean, looking at the, the X home runs, what they would be in Detroit is kind of scary because oh, oh, that's what I was going to bring up next. Yeah. Ask if you had seen that. Yeah. Well, I just looked it up as we were talking, you know, he, his X home runs by park for, is it still Comerica? I don't know what it's called. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, that's one of the places that, that hasn't changed his name a million times. It's still a uh, brand name. Mm -hmm. you know, that's a bank, but uh, it doesn't change every year. Like some of these other ones, they just yeah. stick their, their one crappy name. So his ex home runs would be 24 uh, in Detroit. He had 31 home runs. So that's, that's a bit concerning. Um, and then you add in like, you know, some of the other parks in the division aren't the best either. You know, yep. Kaufman, the Twins Stadium, uh, Target Field or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, I think tar Target's, you know, not awful, but it, I don't think it helps a whole lot. Kaufman, definitely not good, mostly mm -hmm. for lefties. But his expected homers there would have been 20. Yeah, and obviously, it, you don't play all your games in one park. It's, it's not mm -hmm. necessarily that. But you look at, and we get the expected homers by park from from StatCast. You go on a player page, you scroll down just below the midway mark, you'll see expected homers by park, and it lists red if they would have beat their their season total, and blue if it would be lower. And the entire division outside of the White Sox park is blue, uh, with Cleveland being 30. And again, he hit uh, Baez hit 31 for the year, so 30, 20 in KC, 24 in Detroit. 26 in Minnesota, 33 in uh, Chicago. So even that is only a couple higher. So it's not going to influence it enough 
to counterbalance the other four parks. And he's going to play a lot of his games across those four parks. And that's the part that has me concerned about Baez is that he won't improve off of 2021. And he was already eighth this year. The guys that beat him were Turner, Simeon, Albies, uh, Merrifield, Polanco, Altuve, Brandon Lau, and then Baez. So not even Max Muncy, who finished ninth, who we can kick off because of his injury, uh, was ahead of him. So I don't really see a lot of gain there. And that's why I've got Baez at 10. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism. I just have a hard time moving a lot of the other guys ahead of him. Um, I could definitely move out Tuve and Polanco uh, ahead of him. Uh, but then I think you start having real question marks. Like, uh, you know, Brandon Lau, is he uh, is he going to be a full-time player? Because it's Tampa Bay. Of course Bay. he is. Um, Isn't he just an AL version? Well, obviously now they're both in the AL, but yes. you know what I mean? Um, he went 39-99-7 with a two forty seven average and 97 runs. Not as many steals, but better in everything else. Of course he's going to be a full-time player. Tampa Bay is not it's Tampa going Bay, though. Uh, stop. I he still... just went 40-100. I know, I, and I love Brandon Lau. So, yes, maybe Brandon Lau needs to go ahead of him. Jazz Chisholm. We're um, about the I amount of not... injuries he had this year. Yeah, I don't have him ahead. So um, the guys I have ahead um, – from that five to ten range, it's Merrifield at six, Polanco at seven, Lau at eight, India at nine, and then Baez. Okay, so you're higher on India than I am. Yes, um, and uh, he's our next guy to talk about. Oh, there we go. Good transition. So let, let's uh, we can we can bring him into the mix if you want. Maybe I'll try to convince you to move uh, him ahead of Baez. But uh, India coming off the Rookie of the Year, I just love the plate skills. I don't even know that he's necessarily going to improve a ton. Um, I just think another year like this is is pretty easy to see. Maybe a bit of improvement in the counting categories uh, just by virtue of the fact that, that India can bat the entire year uh, in the top part of the order instead of having to move up over the course of the season as he did this year. So, again, I don't see some big gains from him, but I think he'll be leading off all year. Add a few runs, ribbies, same sort of homers, steals combo. And I just I just think it's a more uh, – basically, I think he and Baez won't be too different in homers and steals. And India will definitely have a better average. So that's why I have him over Baez. Um, I think I, I think that Baez still have more home runs. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. He had, he had 21. India hit 21. Yeah. Um, and that, that feels like – probably the higher end of what to expect on a guy like India. I think he can reach up to 25. That's only four more. Uh, but if you bring Baez down and he's in the high 20s, they're close. I'll still, I can still give Baez more. But I think, I think most other things can be better for India. And the batting average has a chance to be, you know, 20 plus points. Now, they were only four points apart this year, 269 to 265. That's great. Baez ran a 352 BABIP to get there, um, which was a career high for a full season. I mean, he had like a 412 for 80 plate appearances. <laughs> we're not, we're not, so we're just a career high. We don't even need to put the caveat on there. So it was a career high for, for Baez. Uh, so I definitely think projection-wise, you put Baez around 240 with the average, whereas I think India can stay at that uh, 265, 270 range. So I think that's an edge. The steals will be interesting, right? Will will the Tigers let Baez, uh, you know, 
get 20, 20 plus attempts so they can get high teens? I, I don't know. They will, considering they were tied for seventh. Yeah, I, I don't think they're bases. afraid to run. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're afraid to run. Um, and I don't know that they're necessarily going to say, "Oh, we have to, we have to slow down our guy here in Baez. He's got the speed. He has the base running." So I'm fine keeping him up around there. Um, I think India, the 12 that he got, I wouldn't project a ton more. Uh, I might not even project more. I think there could be, but uh, I'd be more inclined to say, hey, "Give me another." 12 to 14, wherever that is. He's very fast too, by the way. You know, 86 percentile sprint speed. India can India can move. So maybe there is a little upside there. But again, I just think it's a steadier profile, even for somebody who's a rookie, you know, coming off a rookie year. Plate skills are way better, higher. I, I think the floor is sturdier. And that's why I've got India over Baez. How many of these players on this Reds team do you think are still on this Reds team come opening day? Like, I mean, uh, um, the, I think they would like to trade away a lot of pieces. Yeah. But can they? Like, exactly. is anybody going to pay Moustakis' deal or Suarez's deal? Exactly. Is anybody going to pay what they want to make it worthwhile? And I don't necessarily fear that, that sort of teardown. Where I worry about them losing players is the pitching. Yeah, that's... Because those guys are actually valuable. So I don't think they're going to just, like, rip apart this lineup to where India... You know, it's going to be uh, getting driven in by, you know, just Tyler Naquin and Tyler Stevenson, who I really like. But I don't, I don't think they're going to just gut the offense. I don't think they can. I, I don't, I don't think they have, you know, really the the possibility to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to move India up a couple spots, um, kind of flip flop him with Chisholm, uh, and move India up into my top ten. Um, okay. Yeah, I think my biggest fear with him was some power aggression and then uh, uh, what happens when this team starts to sell off pieces. But I just have a hard time figuring out, like, who's going to take those contracts. Sure. Like, nobody wants Shogo Akiyama's contract right now. Nobody wants Moustakas's. Nobody, nobody wants Shogo Akiyama as a player i don't yeah. think it's so much the contract it's as... actually decent down the stretch down the stretch he was I, I still like him but no what i mean is he's like 33 like who's who's bringing yeah. him on to be like here's here's something valuable for him they might as well just keep him at that point so uh but they need to man i mean just as a team they need to like clear some of these log jams because like, such Agreed. weird log jams for uh, pretty much the entire team but um, what, what's interesting, yeah, is, um, you know, what are they going to do at short? I know we got Kyle Farmer listed. There. I don't, I don't buy him at all. Um, they they apparently do though, which is weird. Like Barrero, like I don't understand why. That's I, who I think needs to have the job. I, I would expect, but until they can, uh, like figure out what I mean, I think the DH really helps this team. DH absolutely helps. They should also realize that, um. Farmer's not good. Yeah, but that's never stopped teams like this before. Yeah, I know, but he's thirty-one. I, I don't. I don't think he's an impediment to Barrero. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't I, be an impediment to anybody. Maybe somebody trades for like a Kyle Farmer. Like that's yeah, he's the really, type of player that has some value on the trade market because he can play multiple positions. Play literally everywhere, even catching yeah. if you yeah. really want to put him there. So anyway, 
What's the final verdict on Baez in India? You had him at five and twelve. I moved Baez down to seven and India up to nine. Okay. Um, so they they now sandwich and Brandon Lau. Um, and I may end up moving Lau above Baez. Um, but that's where I've got it at the moment. That that I definitely uh, would like to see. I I do think I do think he belongs. He being Brandon Lau ahead of. Baez, I, I think he's a better version of Baez right now. Uh, not not as many bases. Um, I think I think it's fair not to project as many stolen bases just because uh, we haven't seen it from him. And Baez is a burner, but I, I like his homers, runs, ribbies, maybe even his average. But I'll give him I'll give him equal average. All right, so that's Baez in India. Let's go to Cattell Marte at thirteen. <laughs> you may have noticed I said I had him at five. Yes, I did notice that. So, um, yeah, you have him down at 13. Mm-hmm. I think that's too low. Now, he only played 90 games last year, so I don't have a bunch of numbers from hence, last year. That's the issue. But but 13? Yes. I mean, you, you just talk, um, you talked about Jazz Chisholm's injury issues. Like, Cattell Marte is a, a much better bet. When healthy, that's the thing too. He was elite when when he played. Absolutely, three eighteen, three seventy seven, five thirty two, with fourteen homers in those ninety games. And I understand some concern about the health. He played forty five of the sixty in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's going crazy over that. But one forty four in twenty nineteen, one fifty three the year before that. I don't know. I he's gonna be twenty eight. I don't really see anything that says I should be deathly afraid that he can't he can't give me a, a full allotment of games he finished healthy you know he was back on august 1st for the and first time the in three healthy. seasons yes. yeah 2020 is not a season don't call it that but it is technically not really though it doesn't matter it doesn't matter but it it does matter but it doesn't but it definitely doesn't the, uh so yeah he's dealt with some like I don't want to call them fluky injuries, but they're, um, cause they're not fluky. Uh, but like, they're also not like all the same type of things. Um, but he's had real difficulty staying on the field. They finished on the IL in 2019, even though it was a great season, finished the year on the IL in 2020, and then was only able to play 90 games in 2021. I'm just pretty concerned about the health I, I, I see what you mean in terms of maybe I should be I should raise him up uh above Chisholm. Yeah. But I I just don't like the gamble, so I'm not gonna I'll raise him up above Chisholm, that's for sure. Um but I'm not gonna raise him above Tommy Edmund or Jonathan India. Uh I just think the risk is too great. He plays on a really atrocious team in Arizona. Uh, so I, I worry about, you know, what the sporting cast is going to look like in terms of runs and RBIs. Uh, though there, I mean, if he does get traded and there were talk, there was talk that he could get moved, mm-hmm. um, that would definitely be a bonus, uh, for a guy like Marte. I just, this is my, my way of saying I am, I'm out on Kettle Marte. Like I'm just yeah. he's not going to be on my team, which is a bummer. Cause I've been a, I mean, if you've listened to this pod or, or any of my other pods for a long time, you know I'm a 
I've been a big Kettle Marte guy in the past, um, but the injuries uh, the last two seasons have just kept me out. Okay. Well, I'm still buying in. Uh, I love the talent. Uh, I understand some of the concerns about the health. The team, uh, no doubt, terrible. Definitely would not uh, would not counter that. But you know, you you kind of highlighted why the why the injuries don't have grave concern for me because I don't believe that uh, I, I I don't believe that there are chronic issues that I think he can't you know uh, he he can't defeat uh, I should say and he did finish based on what I'm seeing here in 2020 he finished on on the field mm-hmm. he did His last. Well, you said he missed two of the last three seasons. At the no, in, in 2019 and 2020, he finished on the IL. And then... No, t- 2020, he didn't, though, is what I'm saying. Oh. He played He played games 55 through 60. Hmm, okay. Uh, now, he, he had missed some time, like, right before that, September 8th to September 22nd. Uh, you know, that that's the skip of time that he had. But the last five games, he, he, was, he was upright to end the year, just, uh, you know, in case anybody wanted to tweet that and be like, hey, Justin got that wrong. I was looking that up. I saw that. It doesn't fundamentally change the the, the, the point. Again, I don't see injuries here that uh, that have me projecting, you know, f- less than a full season from him. Uh, let's hope Marte can get traded. But even if not, I still think he's so good that his talent can kind of uh, can kind of overcome the team. In terms of, you know, sure, the counting categories will be down a bit. Give me a great batting average, some pop. The one area that he drives me nuts in is that he doesn't he's, run. And he yeah, is fast. he's so fast. And yet, I mean, for those who remember when he was coming up through Seattle, like he was like, you know, getting like 60, 60 70 grade speed scores. Yep. Um, and that that's always kept me down on him relative to the market. I guess I, I've yeah. got him up a bit now uh, in multiple 20 stolen base seasons in the minor leagues. Yeah. And he's uh, just stopped in 119 games in his rookie year. Uh, he came, he stole 11 bases. Um, he stole eight in 2015 in his initial call up. Like, like these were all things that like, were like, okay, Hey, this is a guy that he, you know, you could potentially see being a you know twenty twenty type guy because we exactly. I don't think we saw the power. Well, until yeah, not it even the pop. Like it was more of like a low double digit homer, but like twenty five thirty steal. Yeah, it was like a Starling Marte kind of yes. profile. Um, and then the speed never came, and all of a sudden the power did. Yep. Um, and so yeah, it's. I think some people still dream on the speed, uh, the lack of speed kind of you know, holds him down on top of the injuries for me. And just, I'm just not going to end up with him and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I moved him down a bit. Um, because there's a couple guys that I like better. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I, I'm cool with him being at, you know, crappy team that sucks, but because of the speed component, I got him back down, down to eight, uh, below a couple guys there. Uh, our next guy is Chris Taylor at 16th for you. Um, let's see, where do I have Chris? I have Chris Taylor at 11th. We're not egregiously far off. In fact, he's moved down to 12th here just in these uh, early shuffles that we've done with these first couple of players. So last year he finished 12th. So I got him just kind of at the same spot. Triple eligible he was last year. Let me see what mm-hmm. he carries over. He's got triple eligibility. He so carries all three. Outfield. And, okay. I mean, since uh, since my update... 
on the site, if you look on the dock, uh, I've got him up to 13 um, after yeah, the signing 13. with the Dodgers. Okay. So uh, I, I like Chris Taylor, and I like the fact that he ended up back in L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. because the Dodgers are a mess right now um, in terms of, like, you know, losing Max Muncy is a huge loss for them. And if, Big time. if Muncy ends up needing Tommy John surgery and is going to miss, miss an extended period of time, uh, Taylor, I think Taylor's already in line for full-time plate appearances. Oh but yeah. Like, yeah, no, he's already, he's going to be the everyday second baseman potentially. Um, I think it helps our next guy. Let, let's, let's just bring him in since they're both on the Dodgers sure. here. And it relates to what you're talking about. It's Gavin Lux who, you know, currently projected on the outside looking in, but he stands to gain the most mm-hmm. from a potential Muncie injury. Not that he would necessarily play first, but it would put other guys, move them around to where he's getting every day playing time, uh, you know, in the outfield or second base, depending on how they like Taylor and Lux in the outfield, whoever they like there. But it would be it would be a giant opportunity for Lux. You have him down at 25, and I, I still believe a, a decent bit I don't have him a, a ton higher. I have him at 20. So this isn't a, a massive difference between us, but uh, it, it is a split. So that's why I wanted to bring Gavin Lux up. So with the Taylor Lux, you got Taylor moved up. So I'm less concerned about worrying about him. We'll talk about his expectations for next year in a moment. But is Lux somebody that you, you have a little green arrow next to at all because of the Muncie injury? Are you, are you not, or are you not in on Lux? Um, no, I am moving Lux up. He, he's going to 22. Okay. Um, part of that is, uh, yeah, with, with the Max Muncy injury, he's, he's in line for full-time plate appearances. Uh, and I, I mean, this, you know, I, I've kind of already mentioned it, like there's this, this Dodger lineup, while still amazing, um, is not as deep as it's been in past years, at least at this moment. They, they obviously, the crazy thing is, it's still so sick. It's though. so, yeah, it's still fantastic. But like, you take Muncie out, put in Lux, sure, but you're still talking then, uh, Betts, Turner, Turner, mm-hmm. Will Smith, Taylor, Lux, Bellinger, Pollock. Like, it just makes Pollock have to, instead of being, you know, kind of an extra guy for them, which has been insane, uh, you know, he, he needs to play a bigger role at that point. But it's still pretty insane. Again, I still really like Lux. We're talking about a guy who will be entering his age 24 season. Has, you know, just under a full season of work under his belt now. 144 games, 532 plate appearances spread across three seasons. With, with mixed results, mostly bad. Definitely not going to sugarcoat it. But he's 24. Yeah. Uh, I think people, I, I think there's a group of folks that are definitely out. I'm not trying to straw man this, but you can see it on Twitter. There's a, there's an anti-Lux group out there for sure. It's not the majority necessarily, but I think it's a mistake to quit this guy this quickly. I still see a ton of potential upside with him. Well, I mean, all you have to do is look at what you know he did in the majors and be like, oh, okay, like you know he had seven home runs, four. And had four stolen bases. Yes, two forty two sucks. Yeah, I don't. I want but to. but not not even as bad as. But no, like, yeah, not as bad. And like like. And so, I know we've been banging the drum on that point. Sorry to interrupt. But just so people kind of get it, I know we say it a lot with like, hey, two forty something is not the end of the world. I think it's because we're all trying to change our mm-hmm. our our frame of reference because it used to be two forty something. Like, Ooh, that's terrible. But now you can put that on your team 
and it's not the end of the world. So continue your point with regards to Lux. Sorry. I just think, I mean, you look at what his profile is, and I think he could end up being, you know, the the this year's version of Brandon Lau, which is yeah. a guy who, you know, will be likely second base and outfield eligible. He's already second and short. Um, and, uh, and could like hit 40 home runs. Like I, I, I legit think there's 40 home run power in this bat. Um, if he's given full-time playing time and, and allowed to kind of work through the struggles, which I assume he will be on the Dodgers, uh, especially considering we expect the DH to come to the National League, at least on top of having to fill Muncy's spot. They also now are going to have to fill a DH spot. So, you know, that can be rotated between, you know, Will Smith's day off and Matt Beatty and uh, Zach mm-hmm. McKinstry and all those guys. But, uh, yeah, I think the floor is low because um, we've seen how much he has struggled. Yeah, where he just doesn't play, basically. Yeah, yeah. but and I think... he does, it's not great. Like, I think there's a legit, like, 40-10 upside on a wow. guy like Lux. And so... I probably need to move him up. I'm going to, and I'm going to, as we speak, um, I'm going to move him up to 20 right now. Okay, um, so we're matching then. Uh, so, which means I moved him in front of Ty France, Gene Skura, Josh Rojas. So I'm actually going to be dropping some after looking more into him. Yep. Um, which I, is a huge bummer because I, I same. always like Josh Rojas. And he, he, but he I cannot ignore the atrocious stat cast data and the lack of power that kind of seems to back it up. So it, it, it it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I, I had to divorce myself a bit from the name mm-hmm. because I've, I've been, uh, I, I've been a fan as well with Josh Rojas and sorry, Alex, uh, Alex Chamberlain, you know, big Josh Rojas guy. He loves him. I, I wonder what he thinks too. Cause you know, sometimes you, you get associated with a guy and, and you really like him and then you gotta be honest about him. Be like, oof. You know, I'm I'm not loving what I'm seeing, and I do think there were some things from Rojas this year that uh, he got some opportunity and he did not make the most of it. He had a run there where he was going, and it was looking like he was about to take off, and then he and broke then, his finger. So yes, like, mm. and and it derailed it. But did it? Is that the reason, or is it? You know, was it healed and he got to use that as cover, and it was still a problem because he had a 671 OPS. Uh, after returning from that with one homer and two steals. That's the thing, too. He wasn't even running. Well, I think I think he stopped running because of the broken because, finger. Exactly, um, because he didn't want to jam it in uh, to into a base sliding in. But, yeah, Josh Rojas, I got I got him way lower than I expected coming into this year. What did you say you moved him down to? I have him at 23 right now. Yeah, I got him at 25. So we are um, we are similarly down on And I've already drafted Josh him like twice. Like, so, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but he, he's kind of, he just had this, he's had this kind of continuous drop in my ranks, especially because second base is so deep. Now, while it's so deep, it's also um, filled with people who are eligible at other positions. So that, Exactly, which will undercut that depth. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, I think of like my top uh, 21 guys, only four of them are only second base eligible. Wow, that is wild. So, and w- and we love that multi eligibility. Mm-hmm, but again, it, it can cut into a position's depth, and that's something that you have to monitor during the draft. Like, oh, are they thinning out 
Are they thinning out the second base herd uh, sooner than I want? Do I need to jump quicker? And you got to keep an eye on that because you don't want to be left holding the bag. And, you know, all of a sudden, uh, I don't know. I, I like a lot of these guys. I don't want to disparage them. But if I think if I think if Ty France or Jonathan Scope, they're so much better as a mid, obviously, as an MI. I think it, I think you might have let it go too far if they're your starter. Mm-hmm. I'd really prefer to attack the second base situation to where they become my middle infielder and I get one of my top 10 or 12 as my primary starter. So, yeah, Rojas way down. You moved up Lux. Uh, you moved up Taylor a bit. I got Taylor 12, Lux at 20, and you have them at where? 12 and 20 as well? I have Taylor at 13 and Lux at 20. Okay, cool. So we're we're about in lockstep there. Adam Frazier's one. This is uh, might be a little spicy here because you have him at twenty six, and you said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I got him too low, right?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> yeah, too high. I mean, um, I, I put him fortieth, dude. Whoa. I, I don't see it. Yeah, I, I I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I'm surprised a little bit. Um, I've actually. Here's some of the guys around him. Lo- oh, okay. I, I'm like looking for Seattle, and I still have San Diego next to his name on my. Uh, oh on yeah, my dog. yeah. So I've got him 25 right now, and he's probably gonna drop another guy. So for those of you uh, who are interested on the site, I did my uh, ADP market report for second base came out today, and so mm-hmm. I was doing the research and work on it last night, and. Um, I was, uh, man, I, I was astonished by how bad he was when he ended up in, in San Diego. Like, he, yeah, it was, it was not rough. necessarily bad, but like he was, he was back to being the Adam Frazier. Exactly, dude. Who, and uh, yeah, was he, like hit like two home runs and stole three bases or something like that. Um, and he ran hot with the Pirates for a bit with that 359 Babbitt driving a 324 mm-hmm. average. And that was really the allure because four homers and five steals in 98 games isn't really getting me going. He was five for nine on the bases with Pittsburgh as well. He was five for six with the Padres, so that was a lot better. But, like, what is the projection on him? I, I see it's 10 and eight. Um, I think he'd be lucky to get that. Uh, I mean, yeah. I guess he, he can volume that. But I, I just I, – I, And Seattle's team that likes to – move on the base paths. I just, here's the thing. He's, he's projected to bat second right now. Okay. Um, which was one of the reasons why, um, I had him as high as he did. And he, he does, he does volume his way to fantasy usefulness. Yeah. He'll, he'll play. I think Adam Frazier will play a lot and that will certainly help. I definitely understand that. They didn't trade for him for no reason. Like, no, they're going to play him uh, and he can play infield outfield too. Right. Doesn't he have eligibility? I don't. Believe oh, he didn't get outfield. As the, no, he did in Yahoo. He'll have outfield eligibility. Only played twelve games in the outfield. Last okay, year. okay. Uh, so, but that yeah. being said, uh, this is one of the teams I'm really looking at as uh, a team that's going to be aggressive in free agency and then probably in trades once everything does reopen. And so. And then you got to add in the fact that they're also got minor leaguers they're going to bring up at some point. Mm-hmm. So at some point in the near future, whether it's opening day or, you know, sometime May or June, Adam Frazier is going to come down this lineup. 
That's the thing, right? He is going to play, guy but he's going to be batting in the in the back four, I believe. Yeah, bottom four. And and then you've got a guy who is a ten, maybe less than ten, a single digit home run hitter. He's like an eight eight guy. Yeah, hitting eighth. And the batting average is the only real driver. And I do think there's some believability to that. Not necessarily the 300, but, you know, you take a 275. You know, you hit 276, 277, 278 yeah. for uh, 2017 to 2019. It dipped to 230 in the, in the partial season because his BABIP was down to 246. That would have likely regressed back toward his career average if it was a full year. So I don't even care about that. He doesn't strike out. Uh, you love that. He can even walk a little bit relative – to uh to what he does with his strikeouts where he's like an eight percent walk rate guy for frazier 11 percent strikeout rate i love that he makes a ton of contact but his empty batting average just completely empty to me yeah i i tend to agree and it's not even like an elite batting average either like it's not like hey i'm getting 300 from a guy who's getting 600 plate appearances mm-hmm. it's i'm probably getting 275 from a guy getting you know five 600 plate appearances and yeah, so I, I've already dropped him. He's uh, he's now thirty first. Okay, uh, and I think you can make the argument that he should be below Luis Ariz because at and least he, Luis Ariz is triple eligible. And and that's exactly it. I actually have him right next to Ariz uh, mm-hmm. and below him. Like um, it goes Ariz, Fletcher, Frazier for me. Yeah, I'm gonna that I'm gonna trio drop of him. the same player, um, and Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal are right above them because all five of those guys are pretty much the same, uh, you know, ranging from Madrigal to Frazier, and I think they're they're a spectrum there, mm-hmm. and I think Frazier is the clear fifth though. Yeah, so I've moved him down to 33 now. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, just I I did not realize until, and this is why I like doing these ADP pieces, and I same. like you know, dropping ranks continuously uh, because it gives me opportunities to really look at each individual guy in the field. And yeah, because when you're doing a ranking, it's hard to, to like dig Absolutely. in on every guy. You'll, you'll, take, you'll take hours to do a ranking if you literally deep dive every player. So you kind of place players and you, you, you see what you think fits and you definitely research some guys. But I know if I put out a ranking of 40 at a position, I couldn't deep dive all 40. I probably deep dove... 15 to 20 of them to be honest i do that's part of what takes forever for me for rankings as i really do like to get into it and it's it's fun but you can't do it with everybody that's what these combos are for and that's what your market reports and all that are for so it's great uh next guy up brendan rogers down at 32 do you just not think he's gonna play um he's i mean he's up already a little bit um, okay just based but... on, on today's movements Partly on based on today's movements, and I, I was on the CBS podcast. We talked about him a little bit. I'm really worried about his ability to stay on the field. Like, okay, he's just never been a guy who's been able to stay on the field. And um, I do think he's gonna play. I don't trust the Rockies at all. I, I understand that, hard. but um, uh, but I don't know. Like, and we love to clown on them because they're the dumbest organization in the universe there's no world where he doesn't play though it, you, not even they can figure out a universe to where it, if healthy you say that. That is it. No, <laughs> i know but like it's a fair critique on the health 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's the main reason. Um, but 32nd is so low. He finished 38th last year in just 108 games. So, you know, yeah, but I kind of... I mean, how many games are you projecting? I mean, I think, I think I'm, I'm going to project him for a full season. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, like, I don't I'm feel comfortable projecting him for a full season. Just because okay. I don't know that he is able to... I mean, this is... The team themselves don't feel super confident with his health when they're talking about playing Ryan McMahon at shortstop instead of Brennan Rogers to keep Rogers healthy. It's crazy uh, to put Ryan McMahon. In exactly. Short. The idea that it'll keep him healthier to play second. Like, it's just such. Yeah. And so like, I just, shit. you know, and, and even if he is healthy, like he's like a prime Cesar Hernandez. No, he's in Colorado. Like, all bets are off. Like, if if I guaranteed you 550 plate appearances, where would you put him? 550 plate appearances, the low 20s home runs. To what, where would you rank him? Oh, uh, where would I rank him? Um, 20. That's crazy. It's crazy that it starts with a two. 550 plate appearances for a Rocky cannot start with a two at a position. I disagree. That's like crazy. The base is deep. Doesn't matter. Like if he's healthy, he's Ty Francis, right? In Colorado. But in he, he 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 was Ty France last year with a hundred games. No, he only had fifteen home runs. Like Ty France had eighteen and one hundred fifty-two okay. well, games. Well, I, I expect Ty France to have a few more. But I like Ty France. I think Ty France. I actually, my bold prediction was that he could hit thirty. Uh, or 35 I forget what it was on the Seattle roster review. Well, that's does crazy. it? Does it? Why? 35? If you believe in his power, I mean. I, I don't believe that much of his power. That's why I had okay. Ty France at 21. That, that's, um, I'm not, that's what, you know, you understand what a bold prediction is, right? And yes, how they I work? Do. Like, were you, were you looking at They're the very top They're supposed to be end? attainable, though. Um, if you don't think 35 homers is attainable for Ty France, I, I, I can't really help you. Come on, <laughs> stop. Uh, People are going to hear this. You know, this is public. Don't embarrass yeah, yourself. Um, you've said Brendan Rodgers is a 20-something if you guaranteed 550 plate appearances. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. I, I don't know why it's that crazy. Ty France finished 17th last year. They're, they're, they're projecting. Okay, but. So it can't start with a two. It can and it does. I mean, look, look, I mean, look at Steamer's projections for him. Like, this is yeah. perfect. Like, this is, he's 579 plate appearances. And that would not 21 be 20. home runs. Yep. And 281. Like, that would be a 20 rating. Uh, uh, that wouldn't rank 20. He may not end up as a 20th, like, second baseman. But I'm still drafting him 20th because I don't really care. Like, unless I need batting average late from my second base spot, um... Like, you always need that. I'd much rather take the gamble on the guy I feel has the ceiling of a top five or seven second baseman. And because he's in Colorado, he does. He doesn't run, though. That's fine. Like, that that lowers, and that lineup is going to be bad. Like, That's never mattered in Colorado, and you know that. I just... Never mattered. Ugh. And again, in this, in this world, the, the, for this hypothetical specifically, we're guaranteeing... 550 plate appearance. So we're, yeah, we're already I guess he's maybe assuming a, a modicum if you're of health. Guaranteeing, I guess. 
I still, I, if you're guaranteeing, I, yeah, I probably do have him in the teens because you can't guarantee other guys' plate appearances, and that gives him a level of safety. So, he, yeah, he probably moves into, like, maybe the top 15. Um, yeah, I mean, that's but, a big deal. Like, he's really struggled to stay on the field. Like I understand that. Brendan Rodgers' health issues are are not disputable in terms of their existence but he's 25 years old and i think bearing a guy like that at 32 boy i just there's no way there's 31 second baseman i'd rather take a shot on let me pull these up here and just look at some of the names around him like i mean you got garrett hampson right by him mm-hmm. i got um, one spot ahead of him yeah they're right right by each other i'm a toro guy mm-hmm. but 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 no um you know is it what what's Toro's projection for you? Um, I I think he's he can be you know a little bit uh, you know more pop less average type. He had two thirty nine with eleven homers, six steals. Yeah, uh, he, he I, I think Toro. he is pro. I mean, I think the difference between Toro and a guy like Rogers is whether or not you want speed or batting average because. I actually think Toro has some some batting average upside though, he and I do too. Strike out, I I, I like Toro, but I, I got and he's multi positional eligible at second and third, um, mm-hmm. which is more valuable than like a second short, like uh, like Rogers has. Um, you know, I I think he is on the better offense. Uh, he's I think not, he, in the, but that he's probably in a worse lineup spot. It's a worse lineup spot, worse park. So I don't think the better lineup counterbalances that enough. But if, Coors, I Coors think their, their so power numbers is, are, are pretty similar. And so give me that power in Colorado more so than in Seattle. If if you're saying their their power, like I, I I think their production, the power production at the end of the day will be similar. I mean, Bre- Brendan Rodgers has. He is 10th in Woba uh, by Steamer at second base. Wow. And I just think 32 is just way too – you can have concerns about the health. I totally get it. And I like Toro as well. Uh, Nick Madrigal, no universe where I'm taking Nick Madrigal. Yeah, Madrigal probably Rogers. needs to come down. Um, I like the opportunity if he's healthy. The question is, we don't know if he's healthy and really haven't seen what he can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he should, yeah. If he's healthy, he's playing a lot too, and mm-hmm. and I, I can I can see value for him. Um, you know, I take I take him over Adam Frazier, but not over Brendan Rodgers. Uh, you just move Frazier down, so I'm not going to use that one. Colton Wong, you have at 25. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna move Madrigal down below Brendan Rodgers because I think that's a fair critique. Um, okay. But the rest, yeah, I'm just, I, I, the, this may be another one of those situations where I'm just, I'm out. Like, and, and I know, like, this I mean, is at that ranking, you definitely, are yeah, out. this is one of the starkest examples of a difference between ADP and my ranking. Yeah. Um, because his, his ADP is like no. close to top 150. And mm-hmm. I, I have him ranked around guys who are like, Going almost out to the top 300. Yeah. Uh, so. Andres Jimenez above him. I do have Andres Jimenez above him. I'm not out on Andres Jimenez. He's 23. So I'm not, I'm not going to sit here. Yeah. 23 with 342 point appearances. Not enough. Not enough to, to be out on him. 
I like the speed, but at, but at what cost? And I think between those two, with with Jimenez and Rogers, you can you can play the team needs game. That's mm-hmm. fine. I, I'm I'm not completely averse to that. And it's not even the the interesting part here isn't even so much that I disagree with your Jimenez rank. Um, yeah, you have him at 27, or he might have shuffled a little bit with what we're talking about here. And I've got him uh, three or four spots lower than that. It's just that I have Rogers so much higher. I have Rogers at 16. Rogers at 16. So you've got him above uh, Luis Urias, mm-hmm. Jonathan Scope. Yes. I uh, think he can, he's like those guys, but he's in course. Eduardo Escobar and Gavin Lux. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I th- yeah. I. Yeah, I, I just think the the floor is so much safer and the ceiling is so much better with pretty much all of those guys. I don't think the ceiling is better. Like, it's just not. Beca- what do you because think the ceiling on R- Rogers is then? So I think that's... Um, like, because you've asked me, three, like, what I thought... 310. Say that again? 310, 30, and 6. Ceiling. Well, when do you think, think the last time he stole a base was? 2018. So it like why would we... you said the ceiling, like the the like the like full season? He's fully healthy. He has no concerns. He would run. I guarantee it. I guarantee he'd have a handful of chip in steals if he stayed fully healthy he and played one hundred. Attempted a stolen base. I understand. He hasn't been healthy. You said ceiling. You know what ceiling is, right? I I do, but like that's just not part of his game. And I, I the sure, ceiling. Okay. I, even Albert Pujols gets a stolen Stol- base. It, yes. So stolen okay, that's bases fair. Okay. are. Look at and by the way, we didn't really get into this as much with Catel Marte. We talked about his speed. He shows how much stolen bases are a personal choice. Absolutely, as much as a team choice, if not more. And that can be a positive or a negative. In the case of Marte, it's a negative. He chooses not to steal. I think Rogers hasn't attempted a base since eighteen because of his health. And he and a health concern that I yeah, I think the team has been like fully. yeah you and are I'm sure not. they've told him don't you dare and he's like okay chill I'm 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 chill with that that's cool but in a ceiling season in a breakout I'm a, I'm healthy can you believe Brendan Rodgers played 155 games I fully confident that he would have five to seven stolen bases chipped in absolutely and that's the like take zero fine but it's still 310 30 uh with like 90 uh, 100 100 runs, 90 ribbies, and that's still better than the ceiling of those guys that that you said. You know, is his ceiling better than them? And I, I, I still say yes. Ceiling, ceiling obviously requires some some wonderful, like some major health uh, fortune. For yeah, I, I think so. you and I, come, we differ on what we do. Yeah, the ceiling is because I, I do not think his ceiling. What do you is think better. his ceiling is? I think three ten is a legit part of that equation, and and mm-hmm. probably the runs and RBIs. I really do not think he has that much power in his bat. Like I, I think, um, I think people are still holding on to the prospect pedigree. No, um, I think I, I think you're you're ignoring it one, but also you're ignoring the impact of the major reason that you don't like him, which is the health. You're ignoring what that does to his. So you're taking his numbers at face value, and then when you're saying ceiling, you have to take off that that injury, like what that what the injuries have done to hamper him. With yeah, Rodgers, but at right? what point do we we look at that and go, he's he's no longer the player we thought he would develop into 
because of the injuries. Like the like, I'm not I'm not there yet. And again, if we're okay. and we're I in am. a little bit of a, a, a theoretical discussion here because we're talking ceiling. So we're putting in a world where we're we're granting him health. So for I feel ceiling, like we need a bet. I'm I'm down with that. But here's the thing with with ceiling. I think you're you're limiting yourself because last year you'd have never said. Cedric Mullins' ceiling was 30-30. Ceiling is is so much higher. And like um, you can almost say it's like it's anything, right? Because anything can happen. I don't want to go that far because then that's just there's no conversation. It's, it's anything. <laughs> Everything's just, oh, it's anything. My ceiling then, is 30 yeah, home and, runs and, then you don't, and 30 and then you don't bases. really get down to any sort of conversations. I don't think saying Brendan Rodgers' ceiling of 30 homers, I don't think that's crazy. Let's say this. Let's give him – 500 plate appearances. Mm-hmm. If he reaches it, the bet is on, right? Anything else, okay. it's off. Okay, because because I my, I I am with you on the health concerns, and that that needs to, that's the biggest hurdle he needs to overcome. So we're we're together there. That's why the bet only triggers at 500 plate appearances. What do we want to do from there? Like where he finishes on the player raider or or what? Hmm. I, I, I want to. I just want to stay with power here. Can okay. We, can we go? Five hundred plate appearances yields twenty one and a half home runs. Okay. Over so under. so over under on his steamer basically, and I'll take the over. Okay. Cool. Let me put this in my calendar. Oh, for... I I have a I I've started a Google Doc. Okay, uh, but I'm also going to do October first, twenty 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 two, uh, the day after the season, and we will uh, we will get into this. Uh, actually, I don't know exactly when the season ends, but that's when I'll check it. It has to be pretty close to that. Brendan Rodgers, 500 plate appearances, 21.5 homers. All right. I have started. So we're, I'm, I'm going to start getting you to, uh, like putting these bets into. I love actual, it. No, yeah, I'm no, in. Yes, absolutely. Like let's let's put let's put something. And, to, and for those of you who say. are on the who who subscribe to the Patreon, I'll make this. Uh, I'll, I'll put this on the Patreon so people yes. can uh, can follow along. Can follow there. Perfect. Okay. So Brendan Rogers, we got it. All right. Um, well, that was great. I enjoyed that combo. We do have one more, and it is the Nick Solak discussion. We will actually have it now. Now that we're at a position that he actually plays, he's he's only eligible at third base now. <laughs> oh, son of a gun! He keeps moving, well, man. He's like I, a I will say, um, and I've never seen this happen with NFBC before, but there are guys whose eligibilities have changed since drafts have started. Oh? Where I think it's just like a situation where they're trying, you know, like a guy didn't play 20 games at a position. So, and so they initially gave him one thing, and now they're they have more something else. Okay. Uh, like Vidal Brujan was initially second and outfield eligible, and now he is just outfield eligible. Oh, because they were taking like his minor league. Yeah. So, um, uh, so just for those of you who are early drafters, uh, you know, just kind of be cognizant of that. I don't know in the leagues where he's already been drafted if that's going to affect. I should yeah, probably check kind of, that because it would have would, to, right? Like, yeah, I don't know how I would hope so because I know I drafted him in my first DC of the year. Thinking he was second base eligible, so I'm actually checking that team. Yeah, it's weird that they chose outfield because second base is what he played in the minors. So I would think he would at least stick with that. Well, I think the rule is they're supposed to go by whatever he played the most at the majors. Um, I think that was still second base. Oh, that's so that's weird. Yeah, he uh, he only had uh, 
He had 10 games total played. Yeah, but, so uh, they took away his second base eligibility. That's weird. In the league I had already drafted him in. Yeah, I, I don't know if I... I don't know how I feel about that. And that's a bummer because he was, at least from where I drafted, he was my MI. So um, that's a huge bummer for me. So yeah. just be cognizant of that for those of you who are um, uh, playing in NFBC and you've already drafted or you're drafting right now. is, And that's not the only player that I've noticed that with. So um, not that that affects Solak. Uh, so we can continue with our conversation, yeah, but it no, just that, reminded me of that. And I, I appreciate you bringing that up. I, uh, I was unaware. It just, because when I was doing the ADPs, all of a sudden there was no second base ADP for, uh, for Vidal Brujan. And, like, and you were like, what the that's, He's someone who's been drafted in every league. Like, I don't know why exactly. he, he isn't on here. And it was because they had taken away his eligibility. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I like that, to be honest. I don't like it, especially because it, like I said, kind of screwed me there. Yeah, and, you know, obviously when it when it hits home, it, it registers. But even even just in general, when somebody's already drafted something, I don't know about changing it. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. All right, let's finish with Solak here. 33rd. I don't have him, like, super, you know, uh, over-the-top higher. I, but I do have him at 25 right now. And, uh, you know... Uh, the setup I did last time, you know, I just I was just wondering how could you how, how could you how could you abandon our our buddy? Yeah, this is hard for me. Like, uh, but he is potentially losing playing time with the additions of uh, Seager and Simeon. Uh, Certainly on the infield, he yeah. can be a little bit more challenged, and outfield might is, be his avenue. Yeah, the question is, what does he? Um, is he a full time player in the outfield? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to end up platooning because he really struggles against right-handed pitching? Um, yeah, and that that mm-hmm I was saying was like uh, affirming your question, not saying yeah. he is guaranteed to be a full-time player in the outfield for Solak. You know, he disappointed, and we we were big on him. And he was a eleven-seven player last year, and he was seven for twelve at that two forty-two, three fourteen, three sixty-two. That three sixty-two, that's a slug. That's awful. Mm-hmm. And it was three forty-four in the uh, fifty-eight game season. Uh, you know, all told, he's got 879 plate appearances with a 377 slug. And a lot of that for Solak is the inability to consistently hit right-handers, Yeah, like I mean, you said. His career slug against right-handers is 355. And, of course, he plays so much more against righties that it's going to carry so much more weight. And I don't know, like... I, I might I might be able to just moving him down here closer to you too because I'm just wondering like do we have history and I I can't think of anybody off the top I'm not good at recalling things like this either so it, part of it I just would need to dig into the research as opposed to just have it from memory recall but a guy who had a strong side platoon issue like this that that actually fixed it that actually got better tangibly I'm sure there are examples of it but it's. They're probably scant, though, too. Yeah, and, you know, he's he's 26. He's going to be 27 uh, at the beginning of 2022. Like, he's not, like, this young guy anymore, this young prospect. They're like, hey, we need to, uh, we need to make sure he's out there every day. Now, mm-hmm. considering what else they have in the outfield, 
that may end up being the case. Like, and the, the, the fact that I'm ranking him even this highly, uh, and I currently have him at 31, uh, is like their other options are pretty bad. And so yeah. I could definitely, and they don't have a lot of left-handed options to, uh, platoon, with him. to yep. platoon with him on the bench. Uh, now that could change because they have Leody Tavares, who's projected to start the year in the minors. Um, he could be up, and there's your platoon, there's your platoon as Tavares is a switch hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have guys like Bubba Thompson um, in the minors that could make their way up at some point. Now Thompson's prospect sheen is is completely fell off to the point where I don't even think they protected him for the rule five. Yeah. Um, and he didn't get picked up. So, uh, you know, that that being said... They, they weren't concerned about losing him. Yeah, that being said, like, this is also a team that could still add pieces. Um, you know, they added Cole Calhoun. You know, what's keeping them from going after one of the uh, guys on the free agent uh, market once you they're know open? I, you know who I think they should go for? Hmm. Say a Suzuki. I think they they've been one of the teams that's been mentioned. Uh, oh, okay. In cool. I actually didn't even know that. Uh, well, Texas has a long history of, of you know. That's where I got it, so it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and just mentally, I was like, they, you know, they 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 definitely have a fit. Uh, they have history with players from Asia. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, it would it would make sense uh, for them to go after a guy like that. Uh, I just I like Solak still, and I. I think there is talent, but he has to solve the issues against uh, against righties, um, or he's going to risk being a short side platoon guy, uh, which is a bummer because, like you said, we both really like him, and there is yeah. speed and a little bit of pop in that profile. But uh, at some point, you have to kind of, you know, be realistic about what we've seen so far, and what we've seen so far, like realistically, I should probably have a blower. I moved him down to 31. Yeah. Like, I, the only reason I have him, no, and I, I'm, as we're talking, I'm moving him down one more I, spot. I'm still, I'm keeping, him ahead. I'm I'm still put... keeping him ahead of the empty batting average crew that I have there, um, personally. Who, but here, you just my argument below? against that is that we know for sure those guys are going to play and play a lot. And volume, especially when we're starting to talk about guys going outside the top thirty at a position, those mm-hmm. are guys we want for DCs. Like True. those, those aren't like the guys we're drafting necessarily at the end of a, a twelve team draft, right? Uh, we want guys who were guaranteed to play, so that way when injuries hit, we have plate appearances to plug in. True. And so I can't have a guy that. I mean, he probably has just as good a chance of starting in the minors as he does in the majors. Well, I'm not as concerned about that. Um, I'm just concerned that even the playing time against righties isn't even good if he if he can't do anything with it for so long. That park hurts. Like that park is yeah. Texas is no longer a good hitters park, y'all. The new Globe Life is a pitchers park. And if he does does play, he's going to hit the bottom lineup. Steamer's only got him for a hundred games. Yeah. At so, this point, he would need to develop to a degree that, that you and I thought he could prior to kind of 
seeing the last two seasons because 2020 is when we were really starting to build our hype on him. And, you know, obviously with the two month season, we gave him a break. We said, OK, you know, it's two month season. We'll, we'll, we'll check back in in 2021. And he was dreadful this year um, at an 87 OPS plus after an 86 last year. So basically the same guy, but for 511 plate appearances. And I'm not as concerned about the, the five cots. He, I mentioned he was seven for 12 on the bases. I don't think Solak, uh, you know, doesn't know how to run or anything. He was seven for eight in 58 games the year before. I think he can still get the, the chip in steals and a little bit of pop. But until he figures out how to hit righties, and I just don't know that I want to bet on it. Yeah, I'm moving him down. I, I, I've been moving him down almost every five seconds that you say something else. Yeah. Uh, who, who do you have higher, him or Cesar Hernandez? I have uh, Solak higher still. Um, but I think there's an argument to be made that he should be. That that Cesar should be. Yeah, yeah I, I just moved I, I moved him to where he's right on top of I've got, Cesar I've Hernandez. I've got Solak at 33 and, and Cesar at 35. Um, I'm actually now lower than you on Solak. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I just moved him down to 36. So I, I also have two guys above him uh, and above a, a few other guys that are definitely bets on uh, – you know, on projection, one of one of the guys we already talked about, Vidal Bruhan, I'm still in on him. Another guy, though, is Haseon Kim. You know, you and I were really talking about last year. We liked him when he came over. I'm not out. No, I have uh, I have Kim at uh, I have Kim at 33. Okay, um, so yeah, which is a pretty close there now. Yeah. I, as we're talking, I'm just dropping and dropping and dropping Solak all Same. the way to the point where <laughs> I now have Solak at 38. Um, yeah, we're destroying him, dude. And this is, uh, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Like it's, uh, this is, yeah. Again, it's such a glaring problem that affects you. What five days out of the week, you know, facing righties, and we'll see when the dust settles in in uh, March. I always do that rundown of lefty projected starters mm-hmm. in each division. We'll see if he gets lucky, but if not, it, it, you know. I'm already thinking about it. Houston only has Fromber, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Angels have Patrick Sandoval. Um, the A's are kind of in flux. I'm not sure we should really get too Cole caught up Irvin. on it. They have Manaya and Irving or Irvin, but but will they will they have both? Mm-hmm. So so they're kind of you know a wild card still. And the then Seattle, have a few, right? They have uh... Ray and Marco. Yeah, but is that enough? I don't is that think it is um, to you know to help him to help Nick Solak. Because some of those lefties are really good. That's the thing too. Yeah, like, I mean Fr- Fromber and, and Ray, even Marco Gonzalez. You know he's, mm-hmm. he's a very cap- capable lefty. So yeah, Solak, uh, he's in a prove it mode right now. He's so cheap, and we play enough leagues that I think we'll both end up with at least one little token just yeah. in case because he's because he's one of our former guys. But I'm not going out. And maybe maybe everywhere. we hear about swing changes. Maybe we hear yeah. about. Approach changes, um, you know, a lot can happen between now and the end of March. But, you know, this is one of those situations where biases come into play. And I had him as high as I did because bias. And the more we talk it out, the more I'm like, I mean, I, I think he was, we, we, when we started this conversation, I had him at 33. 33. Yep. Um, and he's now at 38. Um, for me so i don't know that he's gonna drop much lower than that um 
But at this point, it's like, sorry, buddy, God, you got to. We're getting to a prove it point with him. Exactly, exactly. Um, and shout out to our or our boy Jason Collette, who's always been low man on on solo. Yeah, yeah, hasn't really bought in. You know, going back, Tampa Bay guy, he's always dialed in on that. And you know, there is benefit to being super dialed in on team. You know, these guys inside and out, and he's he's doesn't usually miss on on race. Maybe we should have read those tea leaves. When, uh, when he was trying to tell us. Uh, just a little quick thing on Asian Kim and how we're, we're still in on him. Um, you know, when he when he was coming over, we're like power speed. He had gone 30-20 the year before, 19-33 the year before that in full seasons. We didn't think he was going to come over and do that. But he comes over, he goes 8-6 and six with a 70 WRC+. Plus. And I think it's just an adjustment year. And, of course, the market has just discarded him. And, you know, you fail like that, fantasy market's like, ah, you're not anything. So now, now he doesn't even cost much because last year, you know, he had spikes where, where his price was actually, you know, quite a bit and we were dipping out there and, and taking a chance on him. Now it's so easy to buy Kim. He is going 390. He's triple eligible. He's such an easy reserve for me. He doesn't yeah. even have a starting job mapped out yet. I don't care. They have but enough he guys. Will, he will once the DH comes. Exactly. And plus, like Myers and Profar, they don't stay healthy at all. Uh, I mean, even Tatis, you know, he seems like somebody we should put down for at least 15 to 20 missed games just here and there because of the shoulder. So I think his playing time will be there for Kim, and I think he's much better than the guy that we saw. I'm willing to give him a transition year here to where I'll uh, I'll buy back in at that price all day long. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, I think he... I, I'm not ready to bury him. The, the the ceiling I saw in him coming over from uh, Korea, it's a little bit lower. Sure. But not much. Like, yeah. There's still enough pop in this bat uh, that I think he can be a double-digit home runs guy, and I think there's a ton of speed. Yes. Um, like, I think he could be a 15-30 guy at, totally some, agree. Uh, at some point if – things break right if he's given the opportunities um and i think they're 26 too he yeah. came over very young so mm-hmm. you know he, there's time um and it's okay to give him a transition year and, and, and kind of see where he's at super speedy his max exit velo was up there too so you know he, he can get to the pop he didn't get there consistently we'll see where he's at next year but that's second base justin great talking with you a lot of fun debates here we we're both moving each other's rankings uh on some players and hopefully that helps some folks um Next time, do you want to go third or short? Um, let's do let's do short. That's a super okay. deep position. Yeah, the short short is crazy deep. I think we'll have some interesting debates there, and uh, so I'll make sure my short is one of the three that I put up this week because I will have three on the site. Um, I'll put my second base up. I'm gonna go in crazy order. I'm just gonna do a completely random order. You, you know, people usually draw just go catcher. Yeah, people usually go like catcher to relief, like that's like the mm-hmm. standard order. Yeah, that's order. what I've been doing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm going second base first, and then who knows? I'm just I'm I'm a wild card. I'm an absolute wild card. But Justin, it was great talking with you. We'll be back later in the week. Until then, take care. Take it easy.